0: To the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. Open up your Bibles to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, and we're going to look at 10 verses here. 10 verses. So that's where we're turning in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 28. I teach toddler Sunday school, and the first three minutes of every class, everybody screams. And it always goes that way, because I've realized I cannot compete with mama. Cannot do it. once. You, there's no competition. So once mama walks away, we have to scream for three minutes, and then we settle down, and then life always goes on after that. So uh, that is, that's how it goes in life. So, All right. We are here in our Bibles in Matthew 28. This here is the resurrection story. This past week, I was in Washington, D.C., and I visited two places. The first place I visited was called the National Archives. The National Archives is eight-tenths of a mile from the uh, Museum of the Bible. In those two places, the National Archives and the Museum of the Bible have two documents inside there that actually have changed every single one of our lives. And when you go to the National Archives, that is where this document right here is held. This is the Declaration of Independence. They also house the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Those are the three guiding documents that guide our country. They all are right there in the National Archives. They have security guards right there next to it. Tell everybody to back up, get off the... Sc- you, and they are glass-enclosed, bomb-proof, machine-gun-proof, everything. They can't, can't do anything, can't get to them. And if you try to get them, they can lower down into the, into the thing. When you go there, you will see this exact document right here. It looks like this. This document changed your life. This is our Declaration of Independence. This document was signed and and sent to King George III on July 4th, 1776. Why is this document important? This document declared that our colony, we used to be a colony of Great Britain. But on July 4th, 1776, 56 men decided we're going to, and it was wrote by Thomas Jefferson, he was the author of this document, signed by 56 men, They wrote out this document, they signed it, and they sent it to King George III in London, informing him that these colonies here in America were going to break away and create their own country separate from Great Britain. Well, these men who signed this document right here, they also knew, if you wrote your name on here and you supported this, that was treason to them. And they also knew that meant war. And sure enough, that was the beginning of our Revolutionary War. And all documents from the United States came, and all, everything came from that declaration where we decided that we no longer were going to be under British rule. We were going to step out and become our own nation. We're breaking away from British rule, and making this decision, signing our name. And a lot of those men died, and it was, a, it was a costly decision for many Americans, but it was a decision that needed to be made. That there is at the National Archives, the Declaration of Independence. You walk down the road, eight-tenths of a mile, and you go to the Museum of the Bible. And at the Museum of the Bible, there's another document, there's a book there, That was published in 1611 that changed your life. That document made you an American. This Bible at the Museum of the Bible, I have a picture of it up here. This here is the first edition of the King James Bible. Commissioned by King James of England. And it was uh, right there in 1611. That's actually the New Testament copy. That's an original. It's not, it doesn't have guards next to it, and it doesn't, it doesn't have uh, an enclosed air-conditioned case. It's, uh, it's not quite as secure, but it is a very important document. And the reason why that Bible is important is because the King James Bible began to be published, mass-produced in 1611 and everyday Christians were all of a sudden they had access to God's Word. See, Back before 1611. If you wanted to hear the Word of God, you had to go to church to have the priest, the minister, share with you the Word of God. There was not everyday access for us to be able to hold our Bible up in our home or daily read the Bible. We listened to what the minister told us on Sundays at church. That was it. And whatever he said, you went by. Whatever songs you sang, that was what you would know. Memorize. It was not everyday access to God's Word like we have now. But beginning with this Bible, and this being distributed in all the English-speaking world from 1611 all the way on, really up until the last 50, 60 years, this was the standard Bible that everyone in the English-speaking world would read and get saved by. More people have been saved by this Bible here than any other Bible in the history of the world. The King James Bible was the bedrock of how people came to know God. This Bible sparked the modern missions movement. This Bible sparked people uh, practicing personal evangelism where you could open up your Bible and show people exactly this is what the Word of God says. We come to church and we carry our Bibles. 500 years ago, no one did that. Why, Why would you carry your Bible? A Bible would be something at the altar. That only the minister would read from. It was a radically different uh, change for our personal life. Now, this document, the Declaration of Independence, it sets us free from Great Britain. The Bible, the message of the Bible, what we're about to read in our Bibles here about the Revelation, sets us free from the devil. We are no longer bound to the to the devil. We are set free. Jesus conquered death. And we read that in our Bible. This here talks about our Christian citizenship. We are citizens of heaven. And we learn about that in our Bibles. This document here, the Declaration of Independence, talks about our American citizenship. And those two documents, KJV Bible declaration of independence have shaped us today we know the lord we know stories of the bible we go to sunday school we hear sermons from the bible because of the kjv bible we are here in america and as american citizens because of the declaration of independence we're no longer a colony of britain so that shaped who we are i'm going to show us here in the bible that the resurrection in all of christianity it has shaped us more of any event than anything else. We have new life in Christ because the tomb is empty. There's, there's, Jesus is not in a graveyard. He is that, as Zach shared, properly shared earlier, the right hand of God in heaven. So we're going to read our Bibles here about the resurrection. God's word tells us, Matthew chapter 28. We're going to read 10 verses after the sabbath on the first day of the week that is sunday the sabbath is on saturday never has the sabbath changed this sabbath is still on saturday because once god says something it always happens the lord does not change yesterday was the sabbath the bible tells us today is what we call the lord's day the lord's day is the first day of the week why is it important the lord's day Lord's Day was day one in Genesis chapter 1. Let there be light. Who is that light? Ultimately, Jesus Christ was the light. What emerged from the darkness on that very first day of the week? The light of Jesus Christ, that sealed tomb bursting open, and Jesus walking right out. That is light right there. First day of the week. It goes from Genesis 1 all the way here to Revelation chapter 28. After the Sabbath, on the first day of the week, was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to view the tomb. They were going there to pay their respects. There was a violent earthquake because an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and approached the tomb. He rolled back the stone and was sitting on it. So these women, they show up at the tomb and they're surprised because they don't see what they expect. They see the stone is rolled away it's rolled back, and an angel is sitting on the stone. And the angel there is there, uh, it says in verse 3, his appearance was like lightning, and his clo- clothing was as white as snow. The guards were so shaken by fear of him that they became like dead men. Why were at their guards at Jesus' tomb, what happened, the chief priests and the Pharisees, all they heard about was that Jesus was going to rise again. And in your bulletin, if you have a bulletin, Jesus here spoke about in your bulletin. I listed out the four different Bible verses of how Jesus is going to come back again. He kept talking about, he said, destroy this temple, now rebuilt in three days. Just as Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. And he, was, he told His disciples He's going to Jerusalem. He's going to suffer and He's going to be betrayed into the hands of the Pharisees and elders and chief priests and be killed and rose again. And then Jesus said, My Father loves Me because i lay laid down My life that I might take it up again. Jesus is telling His followers, telling the Pharisees, I'm going to die and I'm coming back. So obviously, they're worried about that. So what do they do? They go to Pilate and say, Mr. Pilate, You know, Jesus, He might have His disciples come and steal His body. I personally believe they were worried to death this man was coming back from the dead. So they were going to put some guards there to push the man in the tomb. Keep him in in the grave. But Jesus didn't stay in the grave. Jesus did not stay in the tomb. And it says here in verse 5, The angel told the women, Don't be afraid. Because I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for He has risen. The angel is making that announcement that speaks to us today. We show up looking for Jesus and we've, we, we learn hey, He's not here. He's risen. And He goes on to say, just as He said, come and see the place where they lay. You show up and you look at the monument. On Friday morning, I went to 4th Theater and I saw the bed, the bedroom, the place where Abraham Lincoln passed away. If you remember, he was, a, he was shot at the 4th Theater and the, I guess the police, the guards, they called him back then, brought him across the street to a house, to someone's home where he uh, basically passed away about seven or eight hours later in the middle of the night with his wife and all the different doctors trying to save him. And they have made that a monument right there across from the 4th Theater. And that's what's already happened here. You show up and you see where did Jesus die? Where did His body used to lay? You can see the place. They're already showing. The angels are now turning into tour guides. They're saying you can take a look at where Jesus used to be at. You're our first guest. This is where he used to lay, but now he's gone. And, it's, and for us, we don't go look at a grave for Jesus because there is no grave. He laid there for three days, but he left. He got up and says he moved on. He says, then go quickly and tell his disciples. So what's occurring here is the angels speaking, saying, Ladies, you're now becoming missionaries. You're going to go and tell other people how to be saved because you need the people, the world needs to know that Jesus Christ is alive. When we have an encounter with Jesus Christ, we realize that because of the resurrection, we have been set free. We are no longer in bondage, we no longer are bound to sin. Christ has set you and I free. We are citizens of heaven. And we don't live in coming coming to church. We're not, this is not a memorial service for the Lord. The Lord is alive. He's in heaven right now. We come on the first day of the week, and in many ways, just like Zach shared, every Sunday is actually a remembrance of Easter. Because every single Sunday, we're remembering the resurrection. Resurrection is Easter morning. Jesus is alive Next week we celebrate Jesus is alive. A month from now we celebrate Jesus is alive. Ever since this occurred, Christians have been, this has been central in our worship. Without the resurrection, we have no hope. The resurrection gives us hope that when we pass away, when you lead someone to Jesus, when someone gets saved, when they pass away, they're, they're, they're not in the grave. They are going to heaven. That is their hope right here. And so these ladies are told, go quickly and tell His disciples, He has risen from the dead. And He's going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see Him there. Listen, I've told you this. So they're getting a commission from the angels to go back to Jesus' hometown of Galilee. That whole region where He's going to go appear to 500 people over the next 40 days and make His appearance known. So departing quickly from the tomb, with fear and great joy, they ran to tell the disciples the news. Just then, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. That's how Jesus speaks to them. He meets them on the road. He speaks to them and says, Greetings. He says, Hello. And it says, They came up, took hold of His feet, and worshipped Him. Jesus Christ is worthy of our worship. This is a risen Savior. And I believe today, Those scars in His feet that they were holding, in His hands where the nails went, are still there. The only thing the Lord took to heaven were His scars. The scars of Jesus are there. Say, Pastor, how do you know that? Here's how I know that. Because one of His resurrection appearances, He appeared to Doubting Thomas. Thomas did not believe. He's one of the disciples. He did not believe that Jesus was resurrected. He struggled with that. He says, unless I can see it with my eyes and put my hands in the hole. A week later, Jesus walked through the doors of a room. Jesus' resurrected body was different than His earthly body. He passed through the doors of the room. And He says, Thomas. And He says, look at my hands. Come put your hands there. Come touch it. See the scars. See where they pierced me. And then that body, that resurrected body, is what went to heaven. So Jesus brought these scars. When you and I, when you and I go to heaven, we will be able to fall at Jesus' feet and see His feet where the nails went into. Because that is a reminder to you and I that Christ paid with His life. He paid the cost of the world for you and I so we can be saved. There's lots of people out there here who are not celebrating Easter. They're uh, thinking about the Easter bunny and thinking about lunch and thinking about what they're going to do this afternoon, a holiday weekend. But this is the day that we remember that Jesus Christ died, He rose again, so we can be saved. And He's worthy of our worship. These women fall down and worship Him. And then Jesus told them, Everybody keeps saying over and over again, don't be afraid. There was a lot of fear going on and confusion. No one knew what what was happening. Don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to leave for Galilee and they will see me there. So these women are told to go see the disciples and go, we're going to have a meeting in Galilee where they will get to experience and witness Jesus Christ. So what do we see from this passage here? The resurrection. You either believe this monumental moment of history this changed all of humanity you either believe this has changed your life and impacted your life and saved you for eternity or you don't how we approach the resurrection and how we believe this event affects every area of our life if you are struggling with sin if you're struggling with doubt if there's uh, problems in your life the disease, setback, health issues, we cling to the resurrection and say, Lord, I'm no longer that old person. I'm no longer going to live in fear and in doubt. I'm going to live for you because Jesus is alive. When you pray, your prayers go directly to God because Christ is alive. That is what we rejoice for this morning. We are excited because we identify with these women, we fall at His feet, and we worship Him. So I ask you this morning, has there been a time in your life that you have trusted Jesus because of what He did with the resurrection? Are you saved? Is Jesus Christ your Lord in life? If he, you saw the resurrected Jesus, would you fall at His feet and worship? Or would you be, like many of us, or as many folks today, just doubt? There's so much doubt. For uh, for Christianity, it's sad. Christianity has become political. Christianity has become, in many ways, drifted away from the Bible. It's drifted. It's become what folks use for what their uh, agenda is. But the message of the gospel, the the message of the Bible, is it's all about Jesus. That's where the entire Bible focuses on. Jesus Christ came into this world. That's what we celebrate during Christmas. He lived for 33 years. And the last three years of his life was ministries, ministering to all the people in his teachings. Then he died on a cross for our sins. And then he rose again. And 40 days later, he ascended into heaven. And then 10 days after that, Pentecost occurred. And the Holy Spirit came. And that's the days we live in now. We live in the days of Pentecost. The days of Pentecost is God has sent His Holy Spirit to earth in Acts chapter 2. And now He's working in earth today. And the Holy Spirit points people to Jesus Christ. And this morning He's probably and is likely pointing you to Jesus. This message is for you to give you great hope in the gospel. You are no longer bound to sin. You're no longer bound to your old life. You're no longer having to struggle with those things. Jesus Christ can free your family of addiction. If there's struggles of whatever you're dealing with, Christ, because He is free and He is alive in heaven, and because He lives, you can receive Jesus. And you can have a confidence of Christ. We confidently and boldly approach the throne of grace we come to the Lord because we know Christ is alive. And He's our advocate on our behalf. We don't live in fear. There's a lot of things wrong here in our city. There's certainly a lot of things wrong in Washington. And we can't fix that. We just trust that to the Lord. We literally just give in our lives to Jesus. Say, Jesus, whatever happens in the United States, wherever this Declaration of Independence takes us, all I know ultimately, I'm a citizen of heaven. And now my home is with you, Lord, because you are alive. Now this morning, can you confidently say that? If you can't, I want to make sure on Easter morning, you have the opportunity to give your life to Jesus. It's the most important decision in your life. So what we're going to do is I'm going to give you a chance to get saved. There's no better Sunday to get saved than on Easter Sunday. So why don't we bow our heads and close our eyes. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to lead us in what we call the sinner's prayer. The sinner's prayer is how we, re- we confess and repent. We confess Jesus is our Savior. We repent of our old life. And we receive what He offered us from the resurrection. We thank the Lord for the empty tomb. We thank the Lord for us to be saved. Salvation, knowing when you are saved, knowing that you're saved, is the most important thing in your life. So I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And you pray silently to yourself. God can read your mind. He knows your heart. He knows your desires. He, the Bible says He gives you the desires of your heart. And your desire needs to be for the Lord this morning, not other distractions. And I'm going to lead us in a prayer and you follow along with it. And you're giving your life to Jesus. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I repent of my sin. Lord, save me. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for the empty tomb. From this day on, I'm yours. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want you to look up. The Bible tells us, if you said that prayer and you meant it, that is salvation. You've confessed Jesus is your Lord and Savior, and your home is in heaven. And we rejoice with you for that decision. How we close our worship services, following Jesus is never private. You should never be, uh, 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 never be ashamed or afraid of your faith. You should boldly be, make a stand for Jesus. And we close our every single worship service here at Broadway with a public call to respond to Jesus and make it public. If you prayed and received Jesus this morning, I want you to make it public. I know this is also our time for joining our church. We are a wonderful Bible-believing church for you and your family. You want to be a part of a church that is based on the Word of God, based on Scripture, based on what started in 1611 with the King James Bible, the English-speaking Bible. You can read and have the center of your home every single day. We thank the Lord for that. It's wonderful to be saved in our wonderful country. We serve and honor the Lord right here. You find your church, but most importantly, you find your faith in Christ. So We're going to have our invitation to respond. So I'm going to invite everyone to stand up. I'm going to stand down front. You come take my hand and say, Pastor, I'm making my decision public today. I'm joining the church. I got saved. I want everyone to know. I'll be standing down front. Zach Bauer is going to be standing down here with me. You respond to the gospel at this time. Be